Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Zach from a new training in Delaware. What's up, Zach? How are you today? Wonderful. Wonderful. Excited to be able to hang out with you, Bree. Awesome. So glad to have you here. All righty. Let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to start your own training facility? Uh, yeah, a little bit of passion and necessity. Um, so I've always enjoyed working out. Um, I grew up extremely overweight and obese, um, had a really tough time with bullying in middle school and high school, um, tried to get my health on track and have it's been a part of my life since then, honestly. Um, so in my life, personal life, I've dro- dropped a brown uh, up to close to 100 pounds wow. um, and have been able to keep it off. And I say passion because I love it, but necessity because this time, uh, August of last year, I was working at a church and showed up one day and basically became unemployed out of nowhere. Um, and so I've always loved helping people and passion and health was a huge part of my life. And so I figured this would be a good stepping stone to figure out kind of how to rebuild my life. Uh, so I started training in September of last year, uh, was driving to people's homes with a set of resistance bands, uh, and was just driving home to home training like that. And then eventually flipped my studio, uh, my garage into a studio and was able to begin training out of there. Okay. Wow. So it was, uh, kind of combining some of your passions with your experiences to, make something work when you were in a situation that maybe wasn't so favorable. So you started from the ground up, which is great because I think a lot of times uh, when, you know, people want to get into the fitness industry, they want to own their own gym. Sometimes they go all in right off the bat rather than starting small and working your way up. And a lot of times they get into situations where um, the overhead is too much and they don't have the member base to actually support you know, paying the rent and paying any help that you have or anything like that. So it's great that you were able to start smaller and build your way up. So Mm -hmm. currently you're, you're training from a, a building near your house, essentially. Right. So how is that working? Uh, It's going really well. Um, It's been really cool. And to kind of go along with what you were saying, um, part of the thing I really wanted to do was try to be as debt-free as possible um, Mm -hmm. in this process. And was able to basically have been able to pay everything for cash on the front end from the training. Uh, So I have a, it's probably a 800 square foot, 700 square foot uh, garage that I've turned, added a power rack, dumbbells, um, anchors for resistance bands, um, cardio machines, all that fun stuff. And have been able to train directly out of that, which has been good because I'm able to work from home. The overhead is super small because of that. Um, right. which has allowed me to give better value to the clients um, and to be able to provide more value uh, through the studio. Absolutely. That's awesome. Very convenient setup. That <laughs> it's super there. convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Um, so. so as far as your business model goes, are you doing mostly one-on-ones? Are you doing semi-privates at all group classes? How is that working? Yep. So I do, um, I do two type of clients. Um, so I have part-time and full-time. Um, I will train up to two people at a time, um, but they have to come in together. So I don't place two random people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't do anything above that, mainly because I want to be able to work with the individuals. Um, every individual is different with their movements, with um, their needs, with 
uh, where they're at um, with their headspace and training, with their experience. And so I don't do more than two so that I can have the opportunity to be able to work with them directly. Um, mm -hmm. I do part-time and full-time. So it's a monthly subscription basically. And so part-time is twice a week. Full-time is three times a week. Uh, part-time is 400 a month. Full-time is 600 a month. Uh, if you do the group, so if you do the two and two, uh, part-time for two people is 480 and full-time for two people is 720. And so that way uh, it kind of makes it cheaper if you do have like someone you want to work out with. Um, but those are the only two options I have. Uh, the value was better. So I've switched to that. I used to do session packages, um, mm -hmm. which I hated because then people would no show all that fun yeah. stuff. And then it kind of leaves me hanging. Right. And what I found is the through the monthly uh, subscription, what it does is it kind of puts it on back on the client of how bad do you want this? Mm -hmm. um, if you show up for all the sessions, you're going to get a better bang for your buck. You're going to get more value. And so it's on you to show up. I'm going to be here waiting on you every time we're scheduled. And right. so all you have to do is show up to get that value. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge as far as accountability goes. And, you know, people who pay, pay attention. So if mm -hmm. you're paying a monthly subscription, that's a higher ticket, then chances are you're going to show up and you're going to actually get those results that you're looking for. And I think that that's misconstrued kind of a lot. I think a lot of times people are afraid to actually charge what they're worth. Mm -hmm. uh, and it kind of sometimes it ends up being like a race to zero, you know, because they want to be competitive with whoever is next to them. So they want to offer more value, but charge less. Mm -hmm. you know, and then it ends up being kind of a race to the bottom and you can only provide so much value when you're charging less, yeah. you know, so why not charge more, provide more value, get the clients that are actually serious about reaching their goals and help people actually get there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like that you have, have it structured that way. And it is so important as far as accountability goes. Yeah. And I think it's important to let people know that they're worth that. Um, a lot of people Absolutely. are like, you know, spending that much money on myself. It's like, well, you're, you're worth that much. You know, you're going right. to spend it now or you're going to spend it later. Um, mm -hmm. You're either going to stay ahead or you're going to play catch up and right. let's stay ahead. Um, let's put that money in yourself because it's going to make a huge impact in every other area of your life. And so I think teaching people that they're worth that investment um, just as much as I believe it's I'm worth that investment because I'm going to help them. Right. I believe they're worth that investment in themselves. Yeah, 100 percent. Absolutely. So how many clients are you currently serving? Yeah, I'm right around 25. Yep. 25. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as far as growth goes within the facility currently, are you, how are you getting yourself out there? Are you kind of mostly word of mouth referral based for new clients? Are you doing any type of advertising? How does that look for you? Yeah. So mainly word of mouth. Um, luckily my time as a pastor, uh, taught me a lot about being involved in the community. So I've been able to carry that, been well connected with, uh, hanging out at smaller businesses. Um, even though I have my own studio, I go to different gyms and train, um, to be a support for them. And basically what I've learned over the past year is that word of mouth has been the biggest for me. I will yeah. do ads. Um, so I will do some targeted ads on social media. Um, haven't gotten a huge return in that, but my main, main marketing has been getting people results. Uh, people loving showing up. And then as they talk about that, um, it's easy. It's easy to get people. It's amazing sure. to me that when you add value to people that they naturally want to talk about it. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Of yeah. course, the results, you know, are the the biggest selling point for 
most places. So if you're getting good results, they speak for themselves. And that usually draws in quite a few new people. So well, yeah, absolutely. And I'll just say this, like something that I've noticed that I think is really cool is like people reach out to me and ask to come work out with me because they're having a bad week. Um, yeah. It's a normal week for me for a client to call and be like, hey, I'm struggling this week. Can I come get an extra session in? Or mm-hmm. um, can I change my time to earlier today because it's been tough? And man, when, you, when you're able to provide something for your people, um, where they, that's where they want to go to get help and to, find, like, to better themselves, man, it's, it becomes easy for people to talk yeah. about and it becomes easy to sell. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes, it's such a, a release for people. And I think that that's something that super active people really struggled with over the time of the pandemic with the gyms being closed and nobody really being able to work out because it's not only something that makes you better physically, but there's such a huge mental aspect to it as well. Um, As far as strength goes, confidence, just clearing your mind and focusing on yourself for a little bit. There are just so many things that are involved as well. So that's great that you're able to provide that for your clients and that you have that relationship with them that they feel comfortable and they, they want to come in when they are having a bad week. So absolutely, that's great. So as far as future goals go for you, we talked a little bit before we got onto the podcast about where you're looking to go. So over the next, well, actually, what is your timeline? So you said you were looking to expand a little bit. Um, so what is the timeline on that and how are we going to get there? Yeah, for sure. So my hope is within the next year is to be able to open up a commercial space. Um, that is a kind of a large area with multiple multiples of small studios put inside of it. Um, Mm -hmm. basically taking what I have in my garage and building four to six of those in a big space. Uh, The hope of that is twofold is one is to be able to grow the team. Um, Right now I'm kind of at my capacity of being able to train people simply because of hours in a day. And so my hope is that I can bring people on and be able to give them a space to be able to train, to learn, to grow um, under the, a new, a new training banner. Uh, I have people who are, I have a guy who is currently doing that, um, who is shadowing me learning um, how to train, how to work with people um, in hopes of when we get there, that will happen. Uh, the other side of that is providing a space for personal trainers uh, to, to be able to train. So leasing out those individual spaces, kind of like a hair salon would do with a, mm-hmm. uh, with a chair, um, right. providing a space of, hey, this will be your space. I'll lease it out to you at an affordable rate so that they can be able to um, maximize their time, be able to um, get it for a more affordable cost so that they can give more to their clients. Definitely. Okay. So within the new facility, are you thinking about, obviously that's a slightly different business model, but it's still mm-hmm. more so one-on-ones and semi-privates. But mm-hmm. when you get into that new facility, are you thinking about offering group classes or any type of like nutrition, accountability, coaching, things of mm-hmm. that nature? No, um, I don't. I love working one on one. So I, I love keeping it small, semi private. Um, for me, my ideal client is, is I think about who I was um, 10 years ago. And that is someone who is not ready to be in front of people at the gym who is mm-hmm. terrified has social anxiety. Um, so I have huge anxiety issues in my own life. And so I get mm-hmm. the anxiety of trying to do a deadlift with 30 people watching you. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, and so giving them a safe space, a private space to be able to try these movements, to be able to push themselves without feeling embarrassment 
um, for me is, is important. And that's what I want to be able to provide in this commercial space is to provide more of these more private areas um, so that people can learn how to do these movements so that eventually they can, they can go into their own gym, um, mm -hmm. find a gym in their area, be more public and do those workouts on their own. Um, and so for me, that model is I want to stay strictly um, with the one-on-one -on -one semi-private type yeah. training. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then bring in more trainers to be able to serve more people, but keep absolutely. that business model. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a waiting list right now of people and I hate it. Um, it absolutely drives me nuts, but yeah. I just, I don't have, I mean, I start training at 4am and go to 8pm at night. And so um, it's, it's long, long days and I right. want to be able to help more, um, but I don't have the space to be able to do that. And so um, even though it would, I've thought a lot about opening like a gym and that type of stuff for me, the private, um, the private area for my clients to be able to talk about what's going on in their life, to be able to practice these movements um, is something I want to stick with and something I want to carry into a commercial space so that we can continue to grow that, that atmosphere. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to ask you what your day looks like because a lot of times, especially doing the one-on-ones, <laughs> As great as it is, because it's so much more personalized, it's mm -hmm. harder to accommodate more people just because obviously you only have so much time within a day, so you can only accommodate so many people. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure you definitely do have a waiting list right now. Um, but I mean, the, the level of service that you're providing for your clients is that higher level of service yeah. that those people are looking for. So that's Fantastic. Um, so moving into the larger space, have you started looking for that commercial space? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've started looking in areas around um, trying to find a location that's somewhat close to where I'm at for the clients I currently have, um, but has the ability for me to be able to kind of grow into it. Um, right. And so obviously, like I don't have a team, I'm not going to be able to jump into it and have all these people and you're talking about overhead. I'm like, for me, I try to be very um, a good steward uh, with my resources. And so a lot of what this keeping me from moving into these spaces is I'm trying to pay everything on the front end. Um, yeah. I know that's not always like I know that's not possible for some people. Um, I'm not saying that's the only way to go. But for me, uh, that's something I really want to do is to take, be able to take what I'm doing right now, put it aside so that I, when I go in, I don't have the financial stress at launch. Um, so that I can spend my focus on caring for clients, building a team and Definitely. all that stuff that carries enough yeah. stress on its own. <laughs> I Absolutely. I know. Well, that's, yeah, that's such a huge part of it because as the owner and as, especially as you start to expand into a larger facility, take on staff members, take on more clients. Um, there's so, there are so many things that you have to pay attention to and a lot of gym owners and myself included, when I was in the facility, it was like, there were so many things that I had to do on a daily basis. And it's like, you can only devote so much of your time and energy to everything, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. you're just kind of balancing everything, but you're not excelling in one area over the other. It's like, you're just trying to keep your head above water in 10 different areas rather than really just focusing on one thing and making it the best that it can be. And a lot of times I hear it all day, every day, how gym owners get into that position. Um, so being able to come in and cover, you know, 
most, if not all of the expenses right off the bat, that takes that off your plate and then you don't have to worry about that. And that's usually the number one stressor is just trying to yeah. cover the overhead every single month. So yeah, if you can get into a position where that's not an issue right off the bat and you can focus more of your attention mm -hmm. onto your clients and then other aspects as well, as yeah. far as marketing and growth and the business side of things go, then you're setting yourself up for success. Exactly. And you know, something I've, I believe to be true is like when it comes to financial stress, it can just take your eye off the ball. Yeah. Um, and for me, I know that if financial stress becomes a driving force, I'll end up trying to bring income in ways that isn't true to why I wanted to do this in the first place. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so I want to be able to stay true to that. Right. Yeah. You want to get, you know, the right people in your door you want to build the community you want to keep it a tight-knit community you know you don't want to just have anybody coming into your gym you want those people to um add to the community rather than take away from it because that's exactly. important too so yeah. yeah absolutely so one question that i always love to ask every gym owner that i speak with is if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing in your business right now what would that be and why? A lot of people are like, well, there's a thousand things, but if you could um, narrow it down or if there's one thing that really sticks out to you, what would that be? Oh man, um, probably my organization, uh, just with the business. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I can only, it's me, you know, I don't have a team, but personally, um, I, I'm good with working with people, but I'm awful when it comes to organization. And so taking uh, 25 clients who are moving schedules and bouncing around and um, trying to figure out who pays when and keeping up with the admin stuff. I'm not, I'm not good at the detail stuff. And so mm -hmm. something I really, really want to get better at is the administrative administrative side of things um, and the organizational side of things so that I can just, um, <laughs> so I can be on top of it. Cause sometimes I feel like right. I'm spending 20 plates and one of them is going to fall at any point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that feeling. Yes. Just being, you know, like I talked about before, you know, you've got to focus on so many different things all at once. And a yeah. lot of times people forget about those things, especially if you're a new gym owner, it's like those things tend to come as a surprise. You know, you don't really think about the business side of things so much initially. Yeah. It's just about the training. Um, and so the training yeah, is pretty easy. I mean, I, I mean, like I don't, I, for me, like in my experience, like training is easy. It's all of the bookkeeping and all of the administrative stuff. That's like, dear Jesus, man, I need yeah. help. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I know that's the thing that people don't want to do either. Like at the end of the day, like you said, you're training from what, 4am to 8pm. Mm -hmm. So when you're done with that, the last thing that you want to do is sit down and look at numbers. Like who wants to do that at the end of the day? Yeah, Nobody. The worst. <laughs> exactly. So then it just kind of gets pushed off. Uh, and then until it becomes a problem and then it, it tends to come up then. So yeah. Yeah. Well, then it affects everything. Then you can't train as well because you don't exactly. know when to come and when, or it just gets, it ends up affecting everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you use a program to keep track of your clients yet as of right um, now, or is it? I've played around with some different ones, um, but right now I do it through um, Google Calendar. Um, mm -hmm. I have a subscription platform through my website uh, so that it comes out automatically. 
Oh, okay. Um, yep. Yep. So I can do automatic subscriptions through there. So um, I just give clients a head up, heads up a couple of days before it comes out. That way um, they know it's coming. Um, and then if they are special cases where some clients are like, you know, I can only do, I have to pay twice a month or something like that. What I'll do is I'll set up individual invoices through the website, through Wix, um, for it to be able to mm-hmm. send them directly so I can stay on top of it. So that is a resource that has helped me, um, is the built-in systems of Wix to be able to kind of take care of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Just having that recurring billing is huge too. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to track how much you're expected to bring in anyway, month over month. As far as those agreements work, is that on a month to month basis or is there some type of agreement in there for- It's month to month. Month to month. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, well, I mean, when I initially meet with a client, I, I basically encourage them, okay, you need, it's gonna take three months for us to, for you to be able to notice something. Um, I'm not a quick right. fix. It's gonna, you're gonna take, I need three months. And mm-hmm. so- um, I encourage them to do three and I just set up month to month and uh, most I've had a good, re- good return in that. I haven't had any clients who've done one month and been like peace. Um, all my clients yeah. have stuck at least the three months for sure. Uh, so I do encourage three, but the system, the agreement is month to month. Okay. Yeah. And so as far as your retention goes, you have pretty good. Oh retention yeah. Overall? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah all, almost all of my clients I currently serve, I've had, um, I've only lost, I think, three clients in the past year. Um, and so most of my clients who wow. come do stick with me, uh, which I, I don't know if I don't honestly don't know if that's normal or not. I don't know really what the expectation is. I'm new to this, but yeah, um, <laughs> that's good. So, that's good. <laughs> that's really yeah, most good. Of my clients are, are right up. So I opened the studio in January. Um, and since I've been training in the studio, I mean, I haven't I don't lose a lot of clients. Most of them stick with. Yeah, that's awesome. And then as far as an online platform goes, do you have any type of online platform or is that something that you're thinking about doing in the future at all or? Yeah, when last year when I first started, I was doing like online like uh, challenges and stuff and um, it's it was cool. Uh, it still wasn't necessarily my heart because uh, I wanted to work with people individually. And so something I'm thinking about doing is moving. Um, I'm thinking about trying some online stuff, some online training. I've had some people reach out to me from Georgia, North Carolina, um, because of my podcast, I talk about training in it. So people will reach out to me from different places. And um, I'm trying to look through a good system to be able to do online training for an online platform like that. I think that is that what you're asking about online training? Is that, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I'm looking into it. Um, I don't want to do it if I can't do it well. And so um, I'm right. trying to figure out the best way for me to do it because there's already so many online trainers. I mean, that mm-hmm. is like the go-to COVID kind of knocked that one out of the park when it comes to online training. And so definitely, um, I don't want to be just another online trainer. And so figuring out what I can do to set myself apart and to be effective for the people that are paying. Right. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of, um, a lot of gym owners were either kind of setting up an online platform during COVID or now they're <laughs> setting it up afterward just to have it just in case and then it becomes also another stream of revenue for the business and like you say it does allow you to help serve clients from anywhere essentially you know so if you do have clients reaching out to you from different areas then it does allow you to help them as well but yeah I completely understand about wanting to uh, do it right and make sure that you have a good 
system in place and a good platform and there are so many out there especially right now so it's kind of hard to separate yourself and you know make a name for yourself within that community yeah and i, I feel like i'm providing something with the there's not a lot of what i do um, around here in delaware um, right. a lot of we have a lot of like boxes box gyms uh, group training type stuff and so there's not a lot of gyms that just focus on one-on-one uh, -on -one training as a focus. And so I, I'm glad I'm able to do that. And so I've been looking at other streams, but yeah, haven't, haven't been able to pull the trigger on any of those at this point. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. You don't want to just throw something together. You want it to be yeah. quality. Completely yeah, understand sure. that. Awesome. All righty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Z underscore chill, C-H-I-L. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Zach Childress. Um, I don't have, I have a new training Facebook page, uh, but I don't have one for Instagram. Uh, and if you want to see, if you're a gym owner and want to look, kind of see what the website looks like, it's a newtraining.com. All righty. Awesome. Zach from A New Training in Delaware. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great Absolutely. having you on the show. Thank you. Of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic Tanem, here with my guest, Mike Cates from South Maui Fitness in Hawaii. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing well. Thanks for having me, Dominic. I am excited to have you. As we said off there, I'd only be more excited if I was doing this in person, but since I'm not, and since our audience isn't there, give us the lowdown. Tell us all about South Maui Fitness, who you are, what you do. Well, in a nutshell, South Maui Fitness is a gym that's been um, operating since 2012. I took it over in uh, 2019. Uh, we are a 24-hour boutique-sized facility. We do uh, memberships for both local folks and uh, visitors, and uh, we also do quite a bit of personal training as well. And um, we're always uh, working towards just serving the fitness community here uh, best we can. Awesome. Awesome. So I'd like to go back to, uh, to when you got out there, um, you have been in the business for a while, been in the fitness business, owned some personal training studios, uh, in the Midwest and Chicago area, took your own advice after a while, made a change to your surroundings and, uh, went out to Hawaii and you were there a couple of years and then you had the opportunity opportunity to take over this facility. So what did that situation look like? How did you know it was the right thing, the right next move for you? And, and how did you make that move? Well, you know, I had moved here and was splitting my time up between Chicago and Maui. I uh, would be here for about a month and then I'd go back for like eight weeks and train there. I did a lot of 
offseason uh, Major League Baseball training. That was a big part of my practice in Chicago. And, um, you know, as, as the pipeline kind of ran out on that, I wasn't marketing. I wasn't, you know, looking for new clients. The, the ball players were starting to retire. And I was kind of in sync with that. And I thought, you know, I need to start looking at the next phase. Um, I've always enjoyed being a facility owner and helping new trainers. Um, I had not ever owned a facility with, uh, that was open to the public and that had membership. And I thought this would be a great challenge and a great way to serve the community at Kihei where, where we're located. And um, uh, I was using the facility to, um, to train clients and um, the owner was thinking about selling it, and I thought this this could be it. So I decided um, this was going to be my uh, my semi retirement gig. All right. So opportunity came. You thought it was going to make sense. You take it over immediately. You saw some changes that you wanted to make. Not that there was anything wrong with the previous facility, but to make it more akin to how you want a facility to be. So what was that like? Well, you know, it started with the, the actual facility itself, um, upgrading equipment, right-sizing the equipment for the gym. I felt, you know, while I had worked there um, for a while that the equipment was just too big. It was like putting big box equipment into a very small space. And it really limited what people could do and how many people we could put in there. So one of the first things I did was start um, rearranging the furniture um, and, um, getting rid of stuff and bringing new stuff in that was the right size for the space. And I continue to do that. Um, so that was one of them. The other thing was the, uh, the automation, the computer, uh, system they were using, um, just was really antiquated and, uh, needed to upgrade that. And, uh, the programs we used to run the facility, uh, we needed to update that. So I did quite a bit of that too, coming in. Um, and, uh, Yes, I mean, I also rebranded a bit. We still use the name South Maui Fitness, but uh, the logo was a little dated. So I, I got new logo so we could have some new cool sportswear. Awesome. So it sounds like you really touched everything to a little bit of a degree, but not, not everything completely. It wasn't a tear down and rebuild, but it was really putting your mark, your stamp on every aspect of the facility. Yeah. You know, when you're running a 24 hour facility, everything you do is like changing the wheels on a car that's moving as you, you don't want to shut down. You know, we're always in motion. We're always, um, you know, we're always, you know, there are always members in there and it really is hard to make big changes in the facility, you know, when it's always getting used. Um, so it, it was really a practice in taking small bites of the elephant, um, as we go along and, um, you know, we still managed to do that and there's still things we need to change and upgrade. Okay. So you came in, you got things at least mostly, we'll call it, you know, 80, 90%, whatever it is, mostly to the way that you like it. And it's mm -hmm. always going to be a work in progress, right? People, people like you and I can't ever be like, this is it. I'm just going to sit down and not change anything. You know, we, we either like to break stuff because we're bored or because we always have a better idea. And by the time the cycle starts again, well, there we are <laughs> starting fresh at, at some other piece. So you have that in, in place and then you get in and then, um, you know, pandemic hits super hard. Hawaii was, was clearly one of the, uh, the most affected areas 
of the country. You know, there's been, you know, a lot written, a lot said about that. Um, you managed to weather that storm. What did that look like for you? How long were you shut down for? Um, what did you have to do to accommodate? What, and what was the totality of how that changed things for you? Well, yeah, number one, yeah, it, um, it did hit hard. It was, um, you know, not something you could ever really put in a business plan or, you know, think that is going to happen or foresee. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's a big crap sandwich, right? And everybody has to take a bite. Um, so what we did was we had to shut down for um, just full shutdown for two full months. Um, and then when we reopened, you know, the, the governor was discouraging tourism and they were uh, discouraging and, you know, people from going to gyms or restaurants and really um, strongly enforcing the, the masks and the social distancing rules and, you know, fining people and even arresting people um, who weren't in compliance. And it was really a, a scary, scary time. So we had no income, we had full expenses, and um, you know it really caused me to ramp up my my deal making skills and reach out to my landlord and reach out to my vendors and say, hey, we we all got to take a bite here. You know, this is I can't do this alone. You know, if you're going to want me here on the other end of this thing, we're going to have to work together. So instead of just running and hiding and just kind of trying to do it on my own. I, I got in touch with everybody proactively, um, everybody that, you know, we could possibly um, do a deal with and, um, and cut deals, you know, um, and tried to make it as, uh, you know, as doable as we, we possibly could. Um, it was uncomfortable and horrible and um, expensive. And, uh, you know, but without that, without, you know, being responsive to all of those things, um, we wouldn't be here now. Um, so I had a loyal staff. I was able to keep them there. Um, and we were in a weird position because we were so newly incorporated that we didn't qualify for a lot of the grant money. And um, I had everybody on that I had on board was an independent contractor. So there was no PPP. Um, so we had to really be creative and, and cut deals and um, make things happen so we could stay in business. And, you know, despite having almost zero income and full expenses, you know, we managed to pretty much weather the storm. And at this point, I feel like we're about dug out. All right. Well, I mean, congratulations to you for first and foremost for being here. I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of the industry statistics, you know, uh, I think we're probably getting closer to, you know, 38, 39% of facilities that either closed during the big shutdowns or or have closed as part of the ripple effect. And there was no real playbook for it. So everybody did it their own way to a certain degree, but it sounds like you went at it, you know, you were as proactive as you could be. You know, like you said, you didn't go run and hide from it. You just started to, to try to make the deals that you could and, and put yourself in the best position. And, and here we are. So that, that's a great thing. So, um, you know, our gym brothers and sisters really, uh, we, we lost a lot and hopefully we'll, we'll make a comeback, but here we are. Uh, so mostly on the other side of this thing, not completely, but mostly fingers crossed. Um, and you got to, you got to come back, you got to rebuild, you got to get clients back in the door um, and start going towards what your ultimate goals are for the facility. So let's start at the beginning. I always like to look at the client journey and how this affects our business. So 
first and foremost, um, you're in a unique area. Clearly, you know, Hawaii as a whole and then where you are. So what do you do to get people interested? Do you do marketing? Do you do events? Is it all word of mouth and referral? Just good location? How do you get people to actually know about you? Well, you know, we have uh, three different types of members, right? Um, we have our regular monthly members that are local. We have our temporary members that are here visiting. And we have the active and fit members who get some kind of insurance supplement to help pay for their, their membership. So we look at them all differently and they all are, we market to them all a little bit differently. Um, a huge part of our, our month, you know, from a month to month basis are the temporary memberships. So when I came on board, there was really no marketing in play. Um, I reached out to the big property management companies that do um, condo rental here, um, you know, within about a five mile radius of the gym. And we made refrigerator magnets and asked if they would be okay putting those on all the refrigerators of all their rental units. Um, and so when people come in and they, you know, if they want a temporary membership or they need a gym to work out at and there's not one in their condo building, which they're not doing anymore. Um, you know, those are rentable spaces to people or, you know, um, so instead of putting gyms in, they're putting one more unit in the building, you know, that they can rent out. So the, um, the coordinating with the, the property managers has been huge for us. Um, and that really keeps the pipeline full of people for the temporary members. Um, as far as our, our month to month local membership, you know, we've done the typical Facebook marketing. We've done the Instagram marketing. We do really rely on um, word of mouth. I, I, you know, more than any other thing, it's a friend told me about your gym, you know, and people wouldn't tell you about the gym unless they really liked it. You know, if they didn't like the people, the equipment and the vibe, you know, that wouldn't happen. So we work really hard on that. And those are the things we kind of promote. Um, we haven't done, you know, broadcast advertising, um, really, we haven't looked into that and, you know, really the marketing budget has been rather small since, uh, COVID. So we really haven't, uh, spent it. We've really tried to be, you know, kind of guerrilla marketing, um, you know, uh, since COVID hit and it seems to work. We're integrating with the community more and more, um, you know, helping nonprofits and, you know, donating, you know, our, our uh, used equipment that we cycle through, like to the firehouses and the police station um, and those sorts of things. And then we, we try to make a little bit of a big deal about it and write a press release, um, you know, or do an Instagram post or something showing that we're doing that. Um, so that helps with the local members. And then, you know, we have this list of people that are on with their insurance and, you know, we try to um, you know, we try to just stay in touch with them. We'll do email marketing and they're also exposed to our, uh, our social media. Okay. So you really, you have a, a three headed machine there. And one of the things that I think people, you know, it, it's easy to gloss over. And I just want to make sure that I have, have the right concept here. When you talk about your, your temporary, you know, visitor pass memberships and, and how important those are. Um, from a revenue standpoint, these are probably three to four times what your regular monthly membership is, correct? Yeah, the ROI on those is way, way better. 
Yeah. So yeah, if you could fill up your whole gym with those, you'd be, you know, you'd just be sitting in a pile of hundred dollar bills probably, or, or something like that. But I think some people, depending on the situation, but you know, we do have listeners who are in other tourist areas or areas where you can get that. And those people might buy a week from you and the, the wear and tear on equipment and facility is probably pretty low, right? They may become once or twice. And so you're not really um, experiencing the same stress as you would from a monthly member also. Absolutely. You know, people come to vacation with the best intentions. Right. Uh, we make it very easy to get signed up. You know, they just have to come in and visit us, um, you know, during our staffed hours. Um, and we give them a key tag that gives them 24 hour access. But Maui is so chock full of, you know, daily adventures when you're on vacation here, snorkeling and hiking and all this other stuff that you're absolutely right. The wear and tear that they create is very low. Um, you know, you have some people who are, you know, really hardcore dedicated to their program and aren't going to miss a day. But generally, you're right. You know, if they sign up for a week, they might come two or three times. Right, right. So definitely something, you know, that's sort of unique to your area, but there are plenty of other similar areas in the country where that is something where people might, you know, they may think that they they price their visitors passes 25% of what they normally do for a week. And it's like, hey, don't be afraid to charge a little more for that because people will pay it. So for sure. myself having that conversation often, don't be afraid to charge a little more because people well, will pay. I always feel okay about raising rates and, and charging, you know, what we do because, you know, people will notice that the money goes back into the facility. You know, we're, we're buying new equipment all the time. You know, we're working super hard to keep it really clean. I like to pay my staff more than they would make anywhere else to keep them there. Um, and, and people get that. So it creates value. Right. And, you know, everything else goes up, right? Cost right. of living goes up, rent goes up, taxes go up. You know, a right. lot of times, you know, members are, are surprised that they don't have their rates go up. No one's ever going to come to you and say, hey, Mike, I, I think you should charge me more. And I'm surprised. But we do talk to owners who, you know, don't raise their rents for three, four or their rates for three, four five years. And they're afraid of it. But then their clients are like, oh, yeah, I expected you to do this way sooner. And it's like, this big weight off their shoulders so that they can at least cut, you know, keep up with inflation and rising costs. So um, looking at it from the other, the other aspect is always a breath of fresh air to say the least. We, we do a pretty uh, good job about the secret shopping thing around the area too, to see what's going on at the other facilities to make sure that, you know, our pricing is in line, but that we maximize, you know, really what we can get. Yeah, absolutely. So, once people are coming in, and I think this is mostly going to pertain to your regular monthly local memberships, is there a choreographed sales process that you bring people through from here's the intro, club tour, you know, maybe a complimentary assessment or a personal training session? What does that part of the client journey look like? Well, part of my history, Dominic, is that I used to train salespeople. Okay. I trained salespeople to make cold calls. All right. And I was in sales. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, you know, I've learned is that, you know, is I've learned about the conversations you can have to make it easy on everybody. Um, we don't have to be super persuasive. We just have to ask the right questions. So yes, I'm pretty strict about everybody learning, you know, how to, you know, how to convert, you know, somebody walking in the door to a member. 
um, by focusing on what's important to them, you know? And so when they come in the door and we're walking them around the facility, you know, the conversation revolves around, so what's important to you? As you think about fitness, what's important to you? And they'll, they'll tell you and you reflect back, you know, with the things that we have that can fill that need. Um, we have, we add value to um, the new membership uh, by offering complimentary workout programming, not a personal training session so much as, hey, you know, I want to sell you a membership, but I also want you to walk in the door with a plan. You know, I need you to walk in the door and, and know that this is what I'm going to do today. So we are pretty aggressive about, um, you know, offering that up to people. Some people go, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm fine. You know, other people are like, wow, that would be great, you know. Um, so we let them know how important it is to us that they get results. Um, you know, and I also share with them that, you know, no, everybody knows that they can say no, right? So I, I also put out there that, you know, sometime in the conversation, just mention that, you know, these introductions usually end in one of three ways. Either you love it and you want to sign up now, you don't like it at all and it's not for you, or you might need some more information. So at the end of the, you know, the end of the, um, the intro, we always circle back to that and say, hey, we kind of agreed that this would end in one of three ways. What do you, what do you think? You know, and that, that really has been a great tool as far as taking the heat off of the, the staff member, you know, to feel like they got to close, 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 right? And it takes the heat off the prospect, you know, knowing that, hey, this guy knows that I can say no. You know, um, so it's been a valuable um, tool. We, you know, we call that the language of selling. And, you know, that's an important piece of, of how we do it. Um, and then, like I was telling you before, all of the staff members are, are trainers. And I'm always, you know, hoping that they try to not only convert the prospect to a member, but also get them into uh, personal training. Gotcha. And that... That really was your bread and butter. That's where, you know, your, your experience coming into this was, and it's something that you're still working on. You'll probably always be working on improving, but probably your biggest area of opportunity that you see in the facility right now is increasing the personal training percentage. Absolutely. Yeah, that is my focus. So what are the initiatives there and what kind of milestones are you using to and they help you figure out where you are along the way? Well, number one is attracting trainers, right? Um, and people who are certified or are looking to become certified and, you know, are really interested in being personal trainers. Um, and that's, that's hard. And, and there's a lot of places they can work. A lot of people would just choose to take people to the park and not need a facility, you know? Um, so attracting trainers has been, you know, something I've worked on doing. Um, and, you know, as far as building personal training hours at the facility, working with the trainers to encourage them to get referrals, um, from their happy clients, um, has been a, a real important piece. And then also to make sure that they're pricing themselves properly, because a lot of times, like you were saying that they're really hesitant to raise their rate. Um, and that's a great way to get more revenue, you know, is just to get, you know, and, you know, we also like to, you know, build what we call customer share. So we're providing fitness, but somebody, you know, is also could provide them with 
you know, nutrition counseling, provide them with, you know, stretching and mobility stuff. And so we need to really stay sharp with our continuing ed and make sure that we have the greatest customer share where, you know, we're, we're filling as much of their fitness need, uh, you know, as we possibly can. Got it. And one of the things that I just want to go a little bit deeper on is you say it's hard to attract people to want to be trainers. Um, and I think then it gets, it gets in our lap that you find people who are very excited, who want to train and want to change lives and help people. And you, you touched on it with the pricing, but it's, you get trainers and almost overwhelmingly, they say, I, I don't want to be a salesperson, right? I'm not, I'm not that person. I don't want to do sales. There's always some version of that. So is that something that you look for now, right in your initial uh, search for trainers as somebody who has a, whether you call it entrepreneurial or people now say entrepreneurial spirit where they actually want to do that? Or do you focus on the training and, and try to let that lead the way? You know, I think a lot of it goes to the psychology of the trainer in that, you know, new trainers often suffer from this imposter syndrome where they don't feel as expert as they are. And I, I like to remind them, you know, you got certified, you've been in the, you've been a gym rat for 10 years, you know, you, you are an expert, you know, you need to be an expert, you need to answer questions. And a lot of times, you know, business will find you if you're working out in the gym and somebody sees that you're doing something that looks productive and they, you know, like what you're doing, they're going to ask you, you know, what do you do? Why, how come you're getting such great results? How come you look so good? Um, and that's the time, you know, that's when you, you make a sale, you know, that's the time when you can say, Hey, you know, I'm a personal trainer. This is, you know, I can definitely, you know, help you with that. Um, so I do look for that entrepreneurial spirit, um, for sure in the trainers, I like them to be independent. I like them to kind of have a brand to their training, whether they're focused on, you know, 50 plus, if they are focused on, you know, people that love pickleball or they're focused on balance or they're focused, my focus is I'm a balance fanatic. I, you know, so people that see me training other people who say, wow, that kind of programming, looks really cool. I'd like to learn how to do it into board, or I'd like to, you know, learn to stand on one foot and do arm curls, you know, and these kinds of things. Um, would appeal to people and that that attracts more people. So I like them to have kind of an established style. Um, new trainers, I'll tell them, you know, go, let's get a thousand sessions and build a style, you know, with your first thousand sessions and, and really drill down on, you know, if you're a bodybuilder, be a bodybuilder and that's what you're going to attract. If you're, um, you know, a, a great at, at, you know, speed, agility and quickness, you know, let's be great at that and make sure that's, you know, a feature of your training and, and those are the people you're going to attract. So we want to make sure we're fishing in the right pond, um, you know, and not trying too hard to get everybody. You know, we want the right clients with the right trainers. And I think growing that individual personality, if you, instead of having just vanilla and having a bunch of people that are good at vanilla, you can, you can direct people, whether they're a new client or whether they're somebody else's personal training client that wants to try something else, you can keep them in house also if they want to try different styles or, or find a different personality. So I like that approach. Now you mentioned that you let the trainers or encourage the trainers 
to execute other things like nutrition guidance or accountability with their clients. Do you offer any any other services like that as an in-house service, like a you know South Maui fitness nutrition, or is that all handled by the individual trainers? Usually, that's just handled by the trainers. We we have not endeavored to do um, you know since pretty much everybody that works at the facility is a trainer. I guess it does fall under South Maui Fitness, but we like you know our personal training clients to kind of have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a with a trainer. Um, as far as accountability goes, um, I encourage them, you know, if they're working on, you know, weight management or body composition with somebody to, you know, open up that line of communication and get daily texts from that client, you know, about what they're eating that day and, you know, and how they're, you know, what their walking program is and the things they're doing outside of the gym. Because um, we all know that, you know, the results really happen, you know, outside of the gym, you know, it's, and there's a lot of choices to make. So we, you know, um, it is South Maui Fitness, but at the same time, it's an individual relationship with each of the trainers. Yeah. And um, the way that you phrase that, I think, answers a lot of the questions, resolves a lot of the issues that we see facilities of various sizes come across. Everybody wants to do nutrition on a long enough timeline, somewhere or another, every gym owner knows my clients need nutrition and lifestyle accountability in order to maximize their results. So they try to bolt it on as this a la carte program, or they'll try to have an in-house nutritionist. And Hey, if you pay, uh, you know, this guy, you know, go see John, he's a nutritionist. It's $50 a visit. It just adds clunkiness and operational complexity. And it brings people, especially in a, a high touch service business, boutique, fitness, personal training, it, it brings somebody in that's outside of the comfort zone or the trust that you're really selling to people. And I say selling, not in the essence of trying to get people's money, but that you're really promising them, Hey, you're coming in for this, this high level of service, but let's go talk to this guy who may be very qualified, but they don't have any relationship with. And boy, there aren't a lot of things that are more personal to people than their, their relationship with their food. So I think integrating it, certainly gives gives the trainers more opportunity and really it, it pulls out that operational complexity that just looks like drag most of the time for sure for sure yeah and i think people really enjoy um the one-on-one -on -one relationship and having one person to be accountable to um for both the fitness piece and the nutrition piece um so you know we really do encourage a ton of continuing ed as far as you know things besides training go. Um, and nutrition is a, a huge piece of that for sure. Yeah. The other thing that always pops up in this conversation and, and comes to my mind, again, something that's got so many pros and cons and, and pitfalls that comes in with this is the supplement sales. Some places live by it. Some places don't ever want to touch it. And I'm just always interested in everybody's point of view on it, how you do it, and especially someone like you who's probably tried a hundred different variations of it over the years. What's your take on it and your current incarnation of a business? Well, you know, first of all, when you run a 24-hour facility, retail at all is a very big challenge, right? We're super automated. We've had to minimize the number of man hours that we we operate during the day. Um, and so right now we do not sell supplements. Um, I would like to, 
and I am actively shopping for a vending option uh, with a credit card vending machine with some um, ready to drink organic protein shakes that are pretty shelf stable uh, that we could put in a vending machine. Um, we have enough room for that. Um, and uh, that would probably be my approach to selling supplements to have a pre-workout and a post-workout um, supplement in a machine that people can, um, can get like on the spot. Um, but otherwise, uh, we can only sell things when we're staffed. Um, and we're only staffed for three hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. So it's a fairly automated business. Um, and I'd like to add retail. So if we could add vending machines with t-shirts and hats and shakes, that would be perfect. But I really have not, um, not found the right, uh, the right machine for that yet or the right product, a re finding a ready to drink grass fed organic, you know, protein shake that's shelf stable is a pretty big ask. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot that goes into that, but but it's good to see the wheels are turning. It's just one of those things that I'm sure your to do list would be infinite if we tried to go down it. But um, what else is what else is on the to do list? What else is on the the big picture here as we start to wind down? You know, if you could if you could paint a realistic picture for yourself of where you think South Maui Fitness is going to be, and you know, let's say four or five years down the line. Uh, what does that look like for you? Well, you know, the gym itself physically um, will be completely right-sized as far as the equipment goes. Um, that's always going to be our thing and make sure we can get as much equipment in there and as many people in there at the same time. Um, that's a, a huge piece. I really would love to work hard on building the brand um, overall and, um, and, possibly, you know, looking at other locations, um, you know, to expand our footprint on the island a little bit, because we have a, a great, a great product for sure. Um, you know, this facility, we have great people in it. And I, I think it's, um, you know, we could duplicate it uh, in, in the right area. So, um, you know, perhaps that's what, what could happen five years from now, or, you know, um, the other thing would be maybe just taking over more space in the shopping center that we currently occupy. Um, yeah. You've got an easy name to, uh, to manipulate if you want to grow and expand on that, right? North Maui Fitness, East Maui Fitness. Just got to start soaking all those up before, before other people. Right. Well, maybe right. those exist, but, yeah. but an easy thing to adapt, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, and we also... Um, you know, we have a nice website. Um, I would like to think that, you know, in our five-year plan um, that we continue to improve our social media, uh, our website and that kind of thing. We did a, um, a bit of a pivot during COVID where I have personally um, MikeCates.com, a, a very big website. Um, and one of the things I did when we shut down was give membership to that website to all of our members so they could work out at home um, and have, uh, you know, kind of a guide to follow um, while we were shut down. Yeah, I mean, anything that you can do, right, to add service, to add value to clients, whether you're in a pandemic or not, is always gonna be noticed and appreciated. We do include, um, that would typically be $14.99 a month. We do include that with uh, new members. We give them a free login so they can look at preloaded workouts and there's a massive exercise library 
bimodality in the on the website that people can can use. So we also do that when they sign up. Gotcha. All right, last question, and this is going to be a big one before we let you go here. You've been in the game for a long time. You've been around. You've seen, done a lot of things. I'll let you pick the point on your timeline because I don't think it would be fair to pigeonhole you. Somewhere along the line, you've learned one big lesson. There's been one, one piece of information or advice or something that you could have given yourself earlier. If you had to pick one, I'm sure there's been a lot. What's the one that stands out the most off the top of your head? Well, you know, we, we, we always like live these coaching mantras, right? Like we always say strength is built daily, not in a day. You know, we always say that stress plus rest equals adaptation, you know, and these sorts of concepts. And, you know, the more you're in business, the more, you know, those apply to business and not just to weight training, <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I see those things manifest all the time. Um, if there's, you know, one lesson I've learned, you know, I, you know, the hard way through all of this is patience. You know, you've got to be patient with yourself. You've got to be patient with other people. Um, you have to be able to respond to things rather than react to things. Um, and the, you know, the importance of those concepts um, are equally as important in business end of things as they are in the gym. And uh, I continue to learn that every day. I think that that's probably uh, something that a lot of us could could think about, even if even if we've learned it, right? Sometimes we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. But I oh, think that's sure. a great a great takeaway. All right, I said that was going to be the last question, but this one is um, is really a, a matter of just for uh, everybody out there listening. If they want to find you, if they want to look at your website, websites, um, can you run those by us again, your social media, your website, so people know where to find sure. you? Sure. We're South Maui Fitness on Instagram. We're southmauifitness.com online. Um, and you can find my personal website at mikecates.com. And um, yeah, that's our that's our footprint. We're also on Facebook. And that's Mike, M-I-K-E-K-A-T-E-S.com. That's correct. Yeah. It'll, it'll be in the show notes too, but if you're, if you're listening in your car or wherever you are, you're in mid-workout, make sure you check out both of those. Mike, it's been a pleasure having you here today. I appreciate your time, sir. Hey, Dominic, thanks for having me, buddy. I really appreciate it. It's, it's, it's been great. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. If you found value and inspiration in this episode, hit the subscribe button, get notified when new episodes drop. If you'd like to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form, someone from the team, maybe even me, somebody will reach out to you. We'll get you on the show. We want to hear about your story, how you run your business, how you're changing lives in your area. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking butt. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. 
to learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Anson McEldery. Anson, what's going on, man? Man, what's going on? It's a frigid, it's a frigid morning. You know, temperatures drop, but you know, a lot of a lot of uh, health freaks they love that frigidity of the the weather. So, man, it's a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day when I woke up. I loved it. That's right. Awesome, awesome, man. So, yeah, let's um, yeah, let's kind of go ahead and get right into this. So, um, where where are you guys located at, and what is the name of your facility? We are in Dothan, Alabama. That's like I, I would I would say it's a good. 30 minutes from Georgia, a good 30 minutes from Florida. So we're right there in the corner of Alabama in Dothan. And the gym that I run is Firehouse Gym. The gym that I own, as a matter of fact, is Firehouse Gym. Um, okay. It's a small gym, uh, an intimate gym, but it's known throughout the city. Definitely known throughout the city. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm up in Tennessee, so uh, fellow Southerner here. Right, right. Not too far. I went to UNA. I went to UNA University of North Alabama for a little bit, and I used to uh, frequent Tennessee on um, Sundays and stuff like that. Okay. You know? um, so yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with Tennessee just a little bit. All right, awesome, man. Well, um, now I'm curious. So what um, what got you into this industry? Like, what made you decide to to own a gym? Like, I know you bought it, so I'm curious how you got there. Well, you know, um. Uh, physical fitness has been a part of my life all of my life because um, I was a high school athlete, uh, uh, a college athlete, and I, I'm, a, I'm a military veteran. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah, nice, that pretty much nice. comes with the territory. Just keeping your body fit was is, is natural to me, I guess. You know, it's always been a part of, it's always been a requirement. You know, um, and yeah. my dad was in the military as well. Uh, he got out of the military and, um, he became a personal trainer, you know what I mean? So while I'm doing football in college and he's personal training, you know, we're exchanging tips. So it became kind of a big thing, you know, through my dad, man. And um, one day, I, uh, a, a firehouse, I've been going there for about 10, 11 years, that they were deciding to sell it. Never in my mind thought that I would own a gym. Yeah. Uh, I was going places, but that wasn't the direction. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was something on the inside that, you know, um, that said I probably needed to jump on it, and I did. It was it was a beautiful opportunity. Um, obviously during the pandemic, nobody else was selling. They 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 probably took a deal that they wouldn't have taken if it wasn't the pandemic, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise, so to speak. You know what I mean? And I went out yeah. there and bought it. Yeah. So so that that was the um genesis of the of the uh, this whole gym ownership type of deal. Got it, man. Got it. Well, before I say anything else, I want to say thank you for your service. So. Oh man, appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, really it. We'll do it that. again any anytime. We'll do it again anytime, really. Yeah, that that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, man. So so that's pretty cool. So, you know, not only like so I'm I'm curious, what was it like for you in high school and college? So not only did you have a military dad, you had a personal trainer military dad. Right. So how how was that? How did that work out as far as like did he do your training and everything like that? <laughs> No, he didn't do the, you know, he did do the training actually, but this is how it was because he wasn't, 
when I was born, I have two older brothers. When I was born, he had just entered into the military, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so whenever we got in trouble, it was push-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, you know, yeah. he, 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 he caping, caping. It's called a cape. Uh, corrective action through physical exercise. Yeah. You know, until we cried so, so naturally, you know, going up doing that, uh, we were always physically strong, the physically strongest kids in every school we went to. You know, every three years we're moving and we're getting into sports. And we, did, we didn't recognize it then, I guess, until you're looking at it back right now, you know, how much smaller the kids were and everything like that. We were always the, the biggest, strongest kids everywhere we went because of uh, how he corrected us through, through, um, through exercise, the same way the military does, you know. So yeah. that made it easy for me and my brothers um, to excel in sports. One of my brothers didn't even like sports. And it, it's a shame because, uh, you know, through these um, exercises and stuff, he was like the strongest and the fastest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he yeah. did not like sports. He liked track, but they, we, we lost track. So that, that's how it was growing up with a military dad who was in um, physical activity and stuff like that. It really, really made it easy, you know, starting out with the push ups and the sit ups and everything. Yeah. Which is an excellent precursor for uh, 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 the, um, the kids that come to the gym now. And um, there are things that they can do to get to get strong and be on top of the game um, before they even touch weights. So that's yeah. how it was, man. We were just um, super athletic everywhere we went. It, it was really easy. It was really easy from that standpoint. Yeah. So my big takeaway from that is you guys got in a lot of trouble. Hey, and, yeah. and you know, and we got into trouble together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the thing when you got brothers, man. You're getting in trouble together all the time, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, and that's that's awesome, man. So yeah, so basically, so you you got the gym now. Um, you know, ended up getting getting a really good deal on the gym. So since you've started owning a gym, like, uh, tell me about the gym. So what, like, what do you guys offer? What's the business model? What what's all that looking like there? So in, with the gyms now, there are a, a lot of gyms about the size of us. We have a couple of bigger ones also. Um, but a lot of the ones that are our size, they have this, this workout regimen uh, where you come in, you pay like three, four, five hundred dollars whatever, and then there's an instructor that works out the entire crew, mm-hmm. you know, to my understanding or whatever. And then you have the big, big gyms where they do have some of the classes and they have uh, uh, the weights and everything like that. But they really, really get congested is the issue that we're having now. So what we have... We just have a 24 hour gym. You know what I mean? You pay for an access card and we have all, we have, have the basic uh, cardio in there, which is treadmill elliptical. Uh, we have a room with all the cable machines, you know, uh, and Smith machines from shoulders uh, to leg presses. And then in another room, it's all the free weight machines. You know what I mean? So we break it down into these three sections and people come in there and they hit all they, they hit the three sections. They love it because it's not so congested. It's really personable. And if you wanted to go in there at midnight, like I used to do when I got up to work, going there at midnight, and it's just you and another guy in there, you get your circuit training in, you know, uh, you almost become one with the gym. It starts feeling like it's yours, man. And that's kind of where the attitude took over with me actually pers- purchasing the gym. You know what okay. I mean? Um, I was in there so much. Um, at midnight when I got up for work, thank God it's midnight, got up for work, nobody's in there. I'm getting to work out, you know and uh, really get deep into my workout, I really started to feel like the gym was mine. And so when I saw it for sale, I was like, hey, how come they didn't talk to me about that? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's basically yeah. what started it, man. So that's the kind of gym that we have, man. Um, yeah, it, it's basically, if you know what you're doing, uh, everything in, we have everything in there for you to accomplish your goal. Okay. All right. I, I love it, man. 
So what is, what's the square footage of your facility? The square footage is about sixteen hundred square feet. You know okay. what I mean? It's, it's very yeah. very it's a very very small gym, but it's effective. When I actually first purchased the gym, I'm thinking, okay, there's probably one hundred and fifty. When we well, it's before I purchased. We're starting to go over the numbers and stuff. It's upwards of two hundred fifty to three hundred members that 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 have memberships to that gym. Yeah, and them everybody coming is a whole other question. But um, yeah, we it, it, it holds a lot of people. It holds a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and I'm sure, so that's, that's a pretty cool thing too. I mean, and being local too, like that always helps, right? Like when you're a local guy, people know you, you know, you're a veteran, you know, and, and you're a personal guy too. So, I mean, it's not like people won't remember you, right? Like if they ever saw you somewhere. Right, 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 man. That that helps out a lot. And also, you know, what the, um, the gym owners did before me, you know what I mean? They're they're really the ones that laid the foundation. And um, sometimes I catch myself looking around, saying, "You know, this is a really it's a really good idea. It was a really good idea, and it's, it's a blessing that I was able to go ahead and pick it up um, with so much room for expansion." You know what I mean? And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but being local and um, with health becoming it's becoming bigger in in the everyday person's life that you do something. You know yeah. what I mean? But everybody doesn't want to go to the big gym where they can be seen. You know what I mean? A lot of people, they want to, you know, work on their their, their issues or whatever, you know, uh, away from everybody else, man. And that's what we provide. That's what we provide. Yeah. So, so being being local, um, it provides another level, another level for uh, the gym goals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so uh, other services. So I saw in my notes here that you guys do personal training as well. So what, right. what's the personal training look like there? Um, the personal training, it's, it's another good deal. Um, a lot of the other gyms, I said, again, they, they chop, they chop the personal trainer's head, you know, they chop yeah. the personal trainer's head to, to even personally train there. And really right now, before any, any, anything gets updated or any expansion happens, you know, just as long as a person you're training has a membership, it's cool with me. So it's, it's uh, I train a little bit. I train a little bit. We have another guy trained that, that's been to college and everything for and, and a female that trains there. Um, and, and really, I don't get into their business, man. They say they say we, they have a client. The client gets a membership. They get to work out. And, and really, that's the gratification to me. You know what I mean? That another person took uh, uh, invested in themselves. You know what I mean? I, I really don't want the gym to be a hurdle. It's not some big money making thing or anything like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's more about um, people working out. So when a person comes in and they pay their hundred dollars for six months or whatever to work out with a trainer, I'm really not on the trainer's head about what they owe me from the fees they charge this person or anything like that. Man, It's about getting the city healthy. Really. It really, really is. Yeah, I got it, man. I got it. Yeah. So what, um, uh, as far as like membership rates go right now, uh, I checked out your guys' Facebook page, um, earlier. So it says like, um, you, like you guys have the best rates in town is kind of like what you're advertising right now. So what, what's that look like for you guys? The, the rates are all there. It, 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 they are acceptable for the people. You know, I know another gym didn't move in and, and, and for the bare essentials, you know, they, they basically cut our, our price in half, but for the uh, paying for um, the solitude, 
uh, 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 paying for the non-hassle, the no contract, the 24 hours is, is, is basically what it is, man. So it's basically just $20 a month. I charge $10 uh, for the access card, the mm-hmm. key card. And um, I don't know, we might have to uh, go back and visit that, man. The, the cards are expensive. The uh, FID cards, they're expensive. Dude, so they I are. just pay $10 for that card. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just pay $10 for that card. Um, and I charge $10 for the card and $20 for the membership, and you're good. Now, of course, if, if you work for the police department, we always want our police um, uh, officers fit. Fire department, we want those guys fit. Um, the city of Dothan, or you're a veteran, and I do look at for college students also. Those are all $5 discounts. Anybody in those pools, I don't want you to um, have to compromise, you know, uh, 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 you know eating because you're a college student with, you know, going to the gym. You know what I mean? I try to work with everybody, man. So those are the basic fees. Some people pay $20, $15 a month, you know, mm-hmm. for those discounts, and others pay just the regular base 20 after you pay the 30 No contract. Stop when you want. Come when you want. You know, okay. start it back up when you want. Yeah. All right. Got it, man. Got it. And so what, what would you say like the big demographic would be for you guys? Would it be the, the firefighters and students or is it, is it a mixture of like general population too? <laughs> yeah, it's a mixture of general, a general population. Um, we have a lot that, uh, the side of town that you're at, it, it was another blessing. Uh, Crunch, Planet Fitness, they're all over there. You know what I mean? And then this you. gym is over here with a couple of surrounding areas next to it. So even if you're coming or leaving the city, going to these these um, northeastern cities, you know you gotta gotta pass Firehouse Gym. And uh, being that we have everything that you need, um, sometimes when a person starts thinking about it, it, it makes more sense to go ahead and stop with us first. But we get, but more than that, um, the people that are are, are heavily obese, that uh, are severely obese, and they're deciding to make a life change, the people that you won't see at Crunch with all the other fit people and all of that stuff. We get a lot of those. Um, the elderly people who don't want the hassle of being around everybody want to get out in the morning and do their thing real quick. We get a lot of those too, man. And then, and then after that, it's just the people that work and live close in that uh, that area right there. You know what okay. I mean? But a lot of the people who don't like the big clubs, uh, the big gym scene for whatever reason, those the, the, that's it's a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah, and there are a lot of those guys. Not the- cut you off but there are a lot of those guys too who they just want to work out they don't want the big fancy scene you know what i mean and that, that's basically who i service yeah they, they want to just come in get it done right like you know predictable schedule yeah yeah just get mm-hmm, it done mm-hmm. yeah and and the 24 7 thing really helps out a lot you know and it it also it, it it eliminates a lot of excuses for people too you know because some people are looking for a reason to not work out and when you're like no, like you can come anytime, like you scan and that's it. Then they're kind of right. like, okay. And you know, once they realize that and they see that you guys care too, it's kind of like, okay, well, I think we can work this out. Right. Like we can make it happen. It, it, it makes it hard for me because even the payment, a, I don't have my $20, you know, or something happened. Da, 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 da. Well, I tell you what, I'll keep your card open for the end of the week. You know what I mean? Because yeah. while you're waiting to get your money, I don't want you to miss any workout days. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's genuine. I don't want you to miss any workout days. I keep your card open for a week. We'll handle this on Friday. You know yeah. what I mean? So they even get, I even extend that courtesy. You know what I mean? Just to make sure there's no excuses that you could generate for coming in the gym. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, make, that makes total sense too. 
So as far as um, like your training right now, like you said, you train a little bit. How many clients do you keep typically on your on your roster? Um, man, so I, I keep about two or three, and and they come or go. Uh, I really don't I really don't hold them accountable as much as I probably should. So I have a full time job as well. I own the gym and I'm in college. You know what I mean? So okay. um, I'm finishing up my studies for, 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 for the University of Troy. So um, my time is limited. I only have a space where I can train from about nine o'clock till about 1130. Mm-hmm. And that has snipped about five or six people away. Like, well, you know, I can't do that. You know, I know a lot of people want to train when they get off of work. So I have, yeah. I have two, two individuals that were in there. We're really grinding. One, as a matter of fact, had some augmentation done, some surgery. And she's recovering right now, but she's excited about getting back and getting to where she wants to be as well. You know, okay. um, Jada Henderson, I think she has about four or five that she trains. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Ray, the new guy that we got, uh, he's um, he's looking, he's building his clientele right now, just moved in from uh, uh, one of the one of the states from around here or whatever, just moved in. And um, he's excited about getting some people going right now, too. So usually about two, man, about about two right now. Okay. Right yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And it, it's tough, like doing other things too. Like, you know, that, that's kind of how it is for me, you know, with, you know, I've, I've owned my gym now for seven years. Uh, now we're a bigger gym. We're like 18,000 um, square feet, but it's, it's to the point now where, you know, my manager does a lot of things and I've kept a couple of clients just because I still want to stay in the game. Like I want to keep my sword sharp. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, once you get into, you know, more, more than that, if you're trying to do multiple things, like, you know, run a business, you know, have a full-time job. I mean, you know, clients can, they can take a lot out of you, you know, and they mean well for the most part, you know, but you got to have a lot of time on your hands for it. And, and you're, you're right about that. And that was never, that was never my thing. I just knew it's something that I could do personally train. Yeah. But my thing is, is just having a, a, a really nice facility that people can come to and other people who go there to train. You know what I mean? I think that if my primary uh, focus was to get clientele and generate revenue for myself and everything like that, it would go pretty easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I, I just want to have the good facility to let somebody else do that. You know what I mean? Is that the gym that I'm looking at behind you? Yeah, yeah, that's that yours. Yeah, that, that's mine. You can kind wow. of see that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that's nice, it. Man. Yeah, we've, um, yeah, it's been 2015 is when we, when we opened. So I had a supplement store first and, you know, it went okay, but then, you know, Amazon got real big and I was like, we're going to have to make some kind of shift here, you know, and I'm glad we did because I think if I would have waited another year, um, you know, it would have been bad. It, it would not, I would have had to shut, you know, totally shut it down. But um, yeah. And, and, you know, as well as I do, like you've, you know, there, there's a lot of things you learn as a gym owner, and I'm sure you've learned quite a bit. And it's not even been a year now, right? It hasn't even been a year now, man. But the the um the learning on the job it has 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 been immense, immense, really. It has, you know what I mean? Getting um behind the scenes and seeing what it because you see the you see the guys that own the gym before, and when you go there, they're basically walking around, you know, kind of cheerleading everybody. What's up? You know, chit chatting. Whole yeah. lot more behind the scenes to keep everything going. A whole lot more behind the scenes to keep everything going. Yeah, you know? there is. There is. Um, now, did you? Let's see. What is? What's the biggest surprise for you as a gym owner? Like, let's say, where have you had to spend time at that you didn't think you'd have to, like before you bought into it? 
you know, when you come to the gym, somebody is there every day leaving it so perfect. You know what I mean? But the, the maintenance on on um, the equipment and the facility, you know what I mean? I, I guess we have to do a good job at, at letting people understand that this is their gym. Yeah. It's yeah. their equipment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Let's let's keep things let's keep things um orderly and needful, respect uh, equipment. Um, so that that's been the biggest thing uh right now, man. Is just the, the it's constant maintenance. It's constant maintenance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um and now I'm obligated. We're obligated to uh, uh create a safe um welcoming space for gym goers. You know what I mean? So I feel obligated to get on it ASAP. Let's get it done. You know what I mean? That that's the biggest thing right there. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the maintenance thing is something. Um, and you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because that's that's the common theme. Like, I don't care if you're in Alabama, I don't care if you're in Los Angeles, Canada, Mexico. People don't want to rack their weights. <laughs> you know, they, they don't. don't know what it is, dude. You know, you have some people. It's probably the same people that don't put their shopping carts back too. Probably you know? them. Those yeah. are the ones. Yeah, you know, and, and, and um, another thing, and then so you're going through this maintenance thing, right? And then you'll be in the office, and people are working out. You're happy for them and everything like that. But then you'll hear, Doo! and you're like, man, somebody just threw my dumbbell on the ground. You know what I yeah. mean? And we have dumbbells up to a hundred. None yeah. of the gyms have dumbbells up to a hundred. You know what I mean? We have these iron, and then and and. and so when they fall and you go there and you see the bend in the, in the dumbbell, you're like, man, you know, that's like, you know, so th that, that, that part right there, man, it is a little frustrating. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it's okay. It comes with the territory. Yeah. 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 I get that. Yeah. Now, one thing we did was we, um, you know, I actually like in, in our back room, that's like a powerlifting room. So in a way, um, you know, we, we set it up back there to where it could, you know, it could withhold that you know, like, like people can slam their weights. And what's funny is I kind of marketed towards that for that room. Um, I was like, yeah, so you can, you can throw your weights back here and slam them. And it's kind of one of those things people do it, but w it's weird. It's like, once they, they know they're allowed to do it, it doesn't happen as much. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I understand it. Yeah. I understand it. So yeah. is, is it because is it because of the, the weights that you have uh, uh, encased with rubber or the floors or both? Yeah, yeah, it's it's both. Um, yeah. So okay. so what what we did in the very back, um, my the whole back room back there is um, it's the horse stall mats. You know, like the ones you get at Tractor Supply. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't like you got to you got to really do some you know crazy damage, you know, to to hurt that. And, you know, so dumbbells d don't affect that, you know, we have some, um, some platforms like for deadlifts and, and what, right, right. That. but, um, yeah, yeah. For the most part, that was, that was okay. And, you know, and I let people use chalk back there too. Um, now in the beginning we supplied the chalk, but then after, right. yeah, after a while, I was like, I, I don't think I want to supply it, you know, because you have people supplying it, then they're coming out on the turf with it and everything. You know, so it's like bring your own, like keep it back here. You know, right, it's right. Just little things like that. Like it's not not a big deal. You know. No, we had we had, we had a, we had to um we eliminated chalk just all in all. You know, we're too small for we're too small for the chalk. And then, it, like you said, then one guy comes and uses chalk, and then there's chalk everywhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we had the issue with the chalk as well, and we just yeah. said, you know what? 
get some gloves. You, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's funny, man. So, yeah. So uh, what I'm curious about is, um, yeah, I, I saw in the notes, like, yeah, you guys are maybe looking to, are you looking to expand later on or, or like what? What's Man, we, we are, we are definitely looking to expand and that's either to the left or to the right. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking to some people like the people that own the building or whatever. And, um, I, I told him that we got a, we got a six month plan before we're able to, um, throw some real money at the gym. And, um, so what I'm focused on right now, I, I, I love the name. The name is part of me or whatever. I've been going on for a long time. We're going to keep the name. We're going to rebrand it a little bit. We're just going to okay. rebrand it a little bit. Um, uh, I'm not a fireman, you know, um, but it is Firehouse Gym. Uh, I've been in the military before, and, I, and I've seen the videos where people are stealing dollar. Like, they say they're a general or whatever. Like, man, you're not a general. You don't know. So I kind of feel like that with the gym. You know, people ask me all the time, or oh, well, are you a fireman? No, I'm not a fireman. We're going to rebrand get some new equipment in there and expand definitely in 2022 is where everything's set up at. So we're super excited about that. And I think that's when I definitely have to make a decision between my job and the gym at that point in time, you know what I mean? By the numbers, yeah. and, you know, especially if we, if we meet the clientele, I think uh, more space and new equipment that always generates more uh, members and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. we're super excited about that coming up here in 2022, the early part of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, man. So what, as far as your rebranding goes, I'm curious, what, what steps are you looking to take to, to keep the name, but kind of differentiate yourself, you know, from not being a fireman? Right. So um, what I'm going to switch to is, is, is basically um, my overall outlook on life. You know what I mean? And so our new slogan is going to be centered kind of around strengthen, um, strengthen the body that houses the fire. You know what I mean? We all have this fire inside of us. Let's strengthen that body so that um, uh, the fire can use us properly. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether you like it or not, man, what, what, the jobs that we have and stuff like that, you perform better. Even if you sit down every day at a computer, you perform better if you're in physical shape. You know what I mean? If you yeah. have a dream and you need an accomplishment, you, you need to accomplish it, you perform better if you're in good physical shape. Um, we come to find out, man, that, that working out is, is, uh, is therapy, psychological therapy, you yep. know, physical therapy, and, you know, it just encases it all. It, it, it encases it all. As a matter of fact, gym owners might be the new pastors here pretty soon. Uh, um, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. it, it, it does it all, man. So that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna, to um, build, the, build the body that houses the fire, firehouse gym. That's the direction we're going. Yeah. And um, it's funny, like I was, I was just talking to a guy about this um, earlier today. And, you know, we're talking, like you said, no matter what you do, like, you, you know, you're, you're going to do better if you're in good physical shape. So one thing there I started you. asking people, I was like, look, if the zombie apocalypse happens, what can you provide? How long can you make it? Like, are you going to be... And yeah, you know, zombie apocalypse, whatever, you know, but if there was a, a big war, right. And you know, the whole country was completely shut down and I mean, who knows what can happen one day, right? Like, right. how can you, how long can you make it? How can you contribute? Like, are you just reliant upon, you know, paying someone to do this, paying someone to do that? Right. Like what right. can you do? Can you survive? Like right. I'd want to be, 
I'd want to be in the best shape I could be at all times because we just don't know. You just it, don't it know. Extreme, it, but, it, you know. No, you, you better be able to kick somebody's butt or help somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? You better be able to help somebody or you better be able to defend yourself because anything can happen. And yeah. not only that, uh, you know, you're at the beach or you're at the creek and somebody's drowning. Do you have the physical endurance to get out there and get them? You know what I mean? That's and good. You might, your, your mind might say you do, but now you're dead for them. You know what I mean? So it's just being ready for everything at all times, man. And, and really, I don't think it's emphasized enough. And I think it's, it's obligatory, man. It's an obligation to take bear, care of your body and be at, be at top strength and be ready for what's up, whatever. You know, it's really an obligation. That's how I look at it. And yeah. that's why I think that I'm so lenient with people who can't make that payment on the first or the second extending that week and just making sure you get in there to stay consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah I got it, man. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think we found your passion right there, man. It's everybody like everybody being in shape because, you know, got to get there. Yeah. Got to get there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. And we, we know statistically America's we have a problem. The we obesity a serious, is a problem in America. Serious problem. You know? It's a serious yeah. problem. So, so yeah, yeah that, that, that is my passion, man. We're, you know, you're all better. It, I can't stress it enough. This, the mental clarity, you know, you know, you can tell when you haven't been working out, you know, when you yeah. feel that you have, when, you, when you've been in this routine and you're not doing it anymore, yeah. you know, the endorphins and everything that's released in the brain and everything. I'm a huge advocate for it, man. And I, I'm telling everybody about it. Trying not, and I'm not telling everybody about my gym. I said, you, you got to go somewhere. You gotta yeah. do something. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yeah, that that's kind of yeah, that that's such a good point. And you know, like and that's the thing is you don't have to tell them about your gym, but if someone talks to you and meets you, then obviously they're gonna want to be they're gonna want to be around you. Like right. I'm not telling you to quit your job, but I think when it comes to the point, you know, that the business would run a lot better with you there, like being the face for it. You know what I mean? Hey, man, it makes sense right, money wise. Right. Right. It, 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 if it, when it makes sense, money rise. Like I said, we just got to expand a little bit. And, and by the numbers, if we get this other side or this other side, and we're able to add this many people, um, I'm a lot more passionate about that than my job. I can tell you that. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Um, so as, as long as me and my wife don't miss a step, that's definitely the direction we're going. That's definitely the direction we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Are you uh, are you a David Goggins fan? It's just the Marine, the Marine that, that runs everywhere. And, yeah. and, and well, it's, man, yeah, the guy's intense. The guy's <laughs> intense, but I'm definitely a fan. I'm definitely a fan of a man. Um, I envy him in a lot of ways. Uh, but, but yeah, he's a regular guy that, that found it, that found it. You know what I mean? Um, and the biggest thing that I get from him is that he's, he's so self-motivated. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and trying to find that, 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 that switch that you can flip in your, in my mind, that I can flip in my mind and other people's mind, you know, to build that self-motivation every day. Yeah, man. I, I love Doggins. He's, he's a real good dude. Real good dude. Yeah, for sure. Well, Anson, man, we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast here. So um, one thing I always like to ask people, we already talked about growth, um, but if you could go back to the time where you purchased the gym, knowing what you know now and give yourself some advice, what would that be? Um, mm, man, that's, 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 a, okay. So, 
I have I had other investments set up before I bought the gym. Okay. You know what I mean? And I put money into these investments, you know, and these investments, they're still doing their their thing, you know, becoming mature and stuff like that. Man, Ryan, I, I, knowing what I know now, I really would have just invested in that thing that I already had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it, it goes deeper than what I'm explaining. But that is the only regret that I had. Like, I, I, I you know, maybe that could have made the investment mature quicker if I don't went that way. You know what I mean? Because of the tremendous amount of cash flow that I would have had at that point in time. But yeah. that's it, man. I, I would have uh, poured a lot more into it mm-hmm. you know but the thing is financially finances i'd put a lot more finances into it but the, the whole thing was like right now i haven't spent a dime from the gym and from my own you mm-hmm. know what i mean my whole plan was we're going to take this one year see where all the numbers fall and then 2022 bam, we're going to rip everything open and, and really get going um yeah. uh if and i feel like if i wouldn't have stumbled across them the, you know the owners of my gym selling the gym and like if this was my dream, I'd probably handle it a little, a little different. But it, uh, I, I definitely would have, because um, it's that important to me. You yeah. know what I mean? I'd, I'd yeah. put that money in, into that instead of this and having to wait for it to, you know, return um its harvest to me. So that's it, man. Would have went in a lot more wholeheartedly. You know what I mean? I didn't even sense. know that it was a little fire burning in me about you know the health and the well-being of people around me and when i got the gym and i'm conversing with these people every day you know um i would have given them more i would have given them more i didn't know that i would have such an affinity for every individual as much as i do know now i didn't know how it was going to be so personal to me yeah. you know what i mean yeah it happened relatively quick man and i, and I wish i would gave them more at the beginning that's what yeah. i did i got you man well, Anson, man, I've I had a great time today, dude. Good conversation. Thank you for being real with us today. Um, this yep. is going to be a great podcast and uh, wish you uh, best of luck, man, in the future. Hey, appreciate it. Same to you guys. And whenever you guys want to circle back around and get another podcast here going in the next couple of years, I know you should be almost a million strong on viewers day. Right, right. Do that. Yeah, for sure. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.